Everybody, is this a good day? Um, I think I recall in the Word of God, and the Word of God is true. Is that right? Hallelujah. It's dependable and reliable. It's objective, and it doesn't change its mind. Hallelujah. And God's Word says that uh, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'll be rejoicing in it and be glad in it. Today is a good day. Hallelujah. I just look at your neighbor and say, it is a good day. Now, sometimes our feelings and our emotions may not tell us that. But do we depend upon and rely upon those parts of our life? Are those a part of our life? Yes. But they're not what we allow to dictate to us. Hallelujah. So once again, hallelujah, is today a good day? It is. It is a good day. I want to let everyone know that this Wednesday is week 10, okay, of I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, okay? And we want to, uh, you don't have to have had gone through all the other uh, weeks in order to be a part of it. Come this Wednesday. Uh, it is an amazing time. Uh, it opens the door and helps your heart and your life to be more established in what you believe, uh, 645 snacks and some fellowship time, followed by uh, the class beginning at 7 p.m. Uh, and then next Sunday, everyone say next Sunday. Next Sunday we have Chicken Sunday. Okay, I'm not talking about you know you becoming chickens. Okay, and but we are going to have chicken uh, after service, and uh, followed by a uh, uh, we'll just call it an interview with uh, Bill Federer. Uh, regarding Christian core of the U.S. founding documents and how there is a Christian foundation to it. And it will bless you. It will bless you. It will bring peace to your heart. Okay? So I encourage you to come next Sunday for church, but more than that, sign up afterward. There are several little sign-up sheets back there. And ask us how many are coming so we know how much chicken to make. Okay, and then spend about an hour uh, with that interview afterward. Uh, and then uh, I wanted to share uh, from Malachi chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 uh, regarding our offering time. It says, bring the full tithe. That really captured my heart. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. What kind of tithe? Let that sink in what that means. The full, the entire Hallelujah. The, full, the capacity can't hold anymore. Consider how much has he done for you? Did he release the full amount to get you back? Come on. How much did he give for you? The full amount. And now, out of that full amount that he's given, let's respond out of the love. And, of course, he first loved us, so now we can love. And now we love him, and part of our love is, sh is showing him and, and releasing to him that full tithe. Hallelujah. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. How does this house get its sustenance? Hello? How does this house right here, how does this house get its sustenance from you? So don't just bring your person, but bring your supply. 
Bring your fullness. Hallelujah. It is so good to have Jeremy back. It's so good to see Darwin after many years. Each one of us, we, you are so vital to this body. And we need your full supply. Okay? We need your full supply. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach, and I, I'm not supposed to preach. Hallelujah. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not. Test me in this and see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you. And pour out, okay, and pour down for you such a blessing until there is no more need. And we're not just talking financial. God opens many doors. Don't limit what God will do if you just simply release your love in its fullest amount that you know how. He's not looking for perfect. He's simply looking for your release to the fullness of what you know. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to bring your attention, of course, you know we do things online with tithes and offerings through the text. And, of course, we have the, the envelopes there in the back. Okay, and so I just want you to be reminded about the full tithe. Amen. Hallelujah. So without any further ado, I want to uh, present to you the pastor of our church, Pastor Dan Boone, as he gives us the message today. Come on. Amen. Give it up for Jesus. Yeah, he alone is worthy. Praise God. Good to see everybody this morning. Started off with glorious day. When I got in my car this morning, I'm backing out of the driveway. I have my radio already on, and guess what they're singing? Glorious day. I'm just glad to know that my radio station hears from God just like we do. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, we did uh, the Dante's version today, Dante Bow, and uh, we've done the Passion before, and uh, that's who they had this morning was the Passion, so... That's uh, really cool. Good to see everybody. Glad that you're smiling and uh, glad that you're uh, so glad about Jesus and to be in the house of the Lord. This uh, particular service is going to be a little different today. And so um, I say that quite often and I hope I continue to say that quite often because I don't want to be stuck in a rut. You know what a rut is, don't you? It's a grave with both ends knocked out. So I don't want to be in that rut. I want to be with the Holy Spirit and doing what I believe that He's given us the opportunity to do and to share. So that's what we're going to go from today. Uh, we're in part two of, by the way, no jokes today. Uh, Kelly's already been up here, so anyway. That gets more laughs than anything. Yeah. Uh, what can I do? This is part two, and it'll be the last uh, of this particular message because I just couldn't squeeze it all in to last week. It's going to be kind of an overlap, not just like part one, part two. It's going to be like part one, part two. So uh, does that make sense to you? Okay. So I, I believe it's going to be something that you can have some substance to put in your bones and hallelujah, uh, let the Holy Spirit work with glory to God. So uh, what can we do about it? What can we do about it? And we said that it was whatever it needed to be. <laughs> any obstacle, any hindrance, anything needs to go out of the way. That's what we name it, it. And we can say we can do plenty about it. And as a result, 
Only the Word of God has those particular messages, those particular meanings, those particular pieces of inspiration for us to kick the devil where it hurts. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for your precious Word that was bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus Christ that we can have it today, that we can understand it today by the Holy Spirit. You've done everything necessary for us to be able to accomplish what you said that we could do, what we could be, that we can be your children, unashamed, unbashful about it, without any uh, hesitancy from the things that we may have done in the past, knowing that we have a bright future with Jesus. You've always got us And we thank you so much, Lord God, for bringing it today, your message the way you want. May my tongue be prepared as the pen of a ready writer to speak the very oracles of God, and may every heart be open, every eye be open, every ear be open to see what God has in mind. And in the name of Jesus, we'll all say amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, we talked last week about repent and the real meaning of it change your thinking, which brings about repentance, which is a changed life. We talked about reconciliation, uh, putting God back with us and us with each other. So that's a very critical part of everything he's done, and it's the main part of the gospel. What did it take to put man back with God and what does it do to take put us together? And then the third thing is restoration. We'll talk about that a little more today that we didn't talk about the last, last week a lot. But restoration, to me, is going back to the garden. We may not be in the garden physically, but we can be of the garden. <laughs> We're not supposed to be of the world, but in the world. So we won't be necessarily in the garden, but we'll be of the garden. That's our mindset, that's our attempt, that's our vision, that's our hope, that's our calling, and that's where we rest, praise God. Well, let's just call them the three R's. Repent, reconcile, and restore. Amen. He thought I was going to say read and write and arithmetic. What's that? Do we do that anymore? Okay. Moving right along. Okay, repent, the real meaning. And one part that we didn't cover last week that I want to major on in that area today is forgiveness. Got quiet in this Presbyterian church. Forgiveness. F-O-R-G-I-V-E. Forgive. If you leave out forgiveness, you will never get to the other two stages. Shebang. Chris Ganakin, I think I pronounced that right, (laughs) got one on you. (laughs) You don't even know how to spell it. G-N-A-N-A-K-A-N. Yeah, go for it. Said this, when we genuinely forgive, we set a prisoner free. Then discover that the prisoner set free was us. I tell you what, only thing I can express after that, it would be in tongues, so we'll go on. Without us forgiving others, Jesus is plain that our Heavenly Father cannot, will not forgive us, period. After teaching the Lord's Prayer to the disciples, Jesus said, 
in Matthew 6.14, For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So if we don't forgive others the sins against us, we're just stupid. Okay? That, tra- that translates, right? <laughs> That's just plain dumb. We need to forgive. We need to have a spirit of forgiveness. A forgive, forgive, forgive. And I want to say two things about forgiveness. Number one is, yes, we forgive by faith and we forgive out of our confession. It's supposed to be out of our heart. But there's also an emotional thing that's tied to that. And we need to work through the emotional part of it. And I don't think we hear enough about that. Just because I'm struggling emotionally on something doesn't mean I haven't, if you would, conscientiously, legally, and by command of the Lord, forgiven somebody. And I've got to, but I've got to work this thing out and repent, change your thinking, okay? Forgiveness is essential that we are in forgiveness with everybody all the time. The other thing I want to say is, if somebody sins against Kelly, for instance, my brother, and I see what they did, and then I'm ticked off at them, the grace of God is not there for me to forgive that person. I'm going to have to struggle through it. The grace of God is on him to forgive, because it was against him. I've taken somebody else's offense, and that just is the worst thing you can do. And it's, it's difficult, too, especially if you love somebody, you care for somebody, you got somebody in your family. I had a family member one time that was taken advantage of and assaulted, and you don't think that's not difficult to get over emotionally? And you think a year later you're over it, then you see that person and you're... The spirit of the Marine Corps came out of me. Not quite all the way. Not all the way. I, I, I called my wife. I said, you need to pray for me. And I said, never mind, I'm getting out of here. And I left the place that they were. And that really sealed my emotional part of it, realizing that I've got to be obedient. I want to be obedient. I've called to be obedient to what God says. For what? For my own benefit. So I had to forgive me against him, forgive him against the person in my family, and to walk in... Freedom. No more baggage. Praise God. So we need to always zone into that. Don't receive somebody else's offense. Okay? The grace of God is on you to forgive. But when you get somebody else involved in it, that you're a third person, you're a third person to a situation, you can really mess up there. So that's just a good word of wisdom to you and to encourage you about that. Then after sharing the parable of, of the one guy who for, his master forgave him a large amount of money, just to say that, you know, uh, let's see, I'll pick on Byron. He's got a lot of money. So let's just say that he loaned uh, Tim $100,000. And uh, Tim goes, oh, Byron, please, please forgive me. Please, please forgive me. And uh, Byron goes, okay, you're forgiven. Then Tim had loaned Carol 20 bucks. And he goes to Carol and he says, I want my money. 
come and take him away, take her away, because she has she owes me money. Throw her in her prison. Oh my gosh, Matthew 18, 32. Then the master called in the servant in. You wicked servant. He said, I concealed, excuse me, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured. You got this pretty bad, Tim. <clears throat> Until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive a brother or sister from your heart. Now, this is where the just God comes in. Okay? Notice that justice does not have an adjective in front of it. Justice is justice. It's always honest, true, fair, what's supposed to happen, regardless of what the situation, regardless of what the environment is, regardless of what the situation is. Justice is justice. And God is justice to the max. And when he does something, he does it justly. And he's not going to allow us to hold and harbor somebody like the fact that I killed Jesus with my sins on the cross. And somebody else owes me 20 bucks and I'm going to go hound them like a hound dog. This is a serious thing. It's an important thing. And it's a freedom-bringing thing. You bring this into your life, you shall walk in freedom. With the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, yeah, liberty or freedom, either way. And I want that. I know you want that. But we let some of these little hang-ups you don't know what she said to me. Who cares? Is that your source? Is that who defines you? Well, they call me as, do that, does that person define you? I thought Jesus defined you. And what does he say about you? Yes. He says, my beloved. My beloved. That's all he has to say. You are my beloved. We've sang a song about that before. It's so meaningful. It's the speaking of the heart of the Lord to us. And then we're going to call somebody else a blah, 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 blah. Doesn't work. So we walk in forgiveness so that we can be totally walking in repentance. We repent. We change our thinking. We see what forgiveness is. And then we turn around in our lifestyle and we start walking that out. Praise God. I know that's tough. My first pastor told me that when he was an evangelist on the road, he, he talked on forgiveness one time, and a lady came up to him at the end of the message, and she says, do you mean to tell me that I have to forgive the man who killed my dad? He was out in the yard of the front, front yard of the house doing yard work, and a man just, he says, yeah, you got to. You got to. I'm not telling you that because that's me. I'm telling you that's what God said. Remember, the person, when you forgive, that person that you set free is you. I know, Teresa, and I ministered to a lady one time, and uh, she hadn't been to church in four years. I, I didn't know her before. I graduated about the same year in high school. 
up in Ponca City from her. And uh, her son was killed. And she actually thinks that she knows who killed him. But the police will not listen to the story. And law enforcement will not pursue it because they don't think that's the right thing. And she came in so deep in depression, so dark in her own mind, so take zero on joy, zero on peace. And we felt so strong for this lady, just my gosh, this is so horrible. This whole thing is ruining her life. And she was held captive. And unfortunately, she stayed captive last time I heard. We tried to plug her into a small group because she was having difficulty coming to a large group and just didn't work. And she's precious before God. And the fact that this horrible, horrible thing happened to her son is now going to take her down too unless she repents. It starts off with forgiveness. Now, folks, that's a true story, and that's sad. But that's what can happen to a sweet, loving, caring Christian if they allow the enemy to dig his fangs into you and to hold you back from your life and put you over in a dark corner. That's how important this topic is. So part of repentance is forgiveness. You've got to walk in that to be free from all the other stuff. Just to visualize going on a trip and you know, instead of having a suitcase, or if you're a lady, two suitcases, or three maybe, you've got 55 suitcases. You're going for three days. Okay? That's a little bit, a lot of baggage. Yeah. And so it would probably be better, you're just going to be gone three days. How about let's go for one suitcase, and if you really need it, we'll take two. Uh, rather than 55. Can you see that at the check-in line at the airport? <laughs> Who's that person up there with all those bags? Uh-oh, you got to walk in forgiveness too. Okay. Mo- moving right along. Reconciliation. Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. I want to stop right there. We stand on the Word. We stand in faith. And folks, if you haven't noticed lately, this world's crazy. And we have to stand on the Word of God, and we've got to stand in faith. It doesn't make any difference what happens. Regardless, I'm in the rock. I didn't say I was on the rock. I'm in the rock. (laughs) And he's in me. Jesus. I stand in faith. Praise God. Because I know who my Savior is. I know who my Lord is. I know who my God is. I know what he says about me. I know what he thinks about me. And so I am here to stand with you in your situation in faith, regardless of what it might be. Anything scripturally, 
We're with you in this. We're for you in this. And that's the way it is. Now call all heaven and earth together this day to notice in the name of Jesus, this church is with you when something comes against you. It says we've gained access by faith into this grace. See, grace is an enabler, a good one. Grace gives you the power of God to do that which you can't do yourself. Grace helps you to become what you couldn't be. And faith is just the recipient. It reaches out there to grab the grace of God and brings it in and makes it real. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I am standing in the Word of God by grace through faith. And we need to realize that. Grace will enable me. God gives me the ability to do what He's called me to do. Grace is the will of God, or the power of God to do the will of God with joy. Hallelujah. I can do the things that I can't do because of grace. And I receive it by faith. That's, faith is kind of like writing a check. It's in the bank. Here it is. God gave you the bank deposit. And now you, by faith, you receive it. It's all yours. The ability. There's no lack in you if Jesus is in you doing what he wants to do. And all we have to do is ask him by faith. Grab his word and say, Jesus, your word says, and I receive it. This is not name it and claim it. This is the Word of God that is engrafted in my soul. I'm saying what God says because He told me to say it. Confession is important out of your heart. And when He says something like this, all heaven will back you up. Continuing in verse 2 of Romans 5, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Well, Brother Dan, you know I messed up. It's okay if you confessed it to the Lord. You can tell me about it so you'll be healed. But tell the Lord about it so you'll be forgiven. You know, I was thinking about this. Grace through faith. We've had opportunities before. Every one of us in here, and every one of you on YouTube, every one of you listening through our website, every one of us has missed that opportunity sometimes. I remember playing football as a young, young boy, uh, middle school, uh, junior high, excuse me, and a little bit in high school when I was on the eighth grade team. Got moved up a little bit. But I remember playing football, and I was a free safety. My coach told me that if anybody made a touchdown, he was going to bench me. 
Now, that's kind of <laughs> encouraging. So, you know, now I knew, well, let me hold that off. So anyway, I knew that in normal football games, people do make touchdowns, <laughs> even your opponent. And if that guy, if I'm the last one between them and the goal line, it's my job to catch him. And you know, if I miss it, guess what? I'm going to have another opportunity here a little bit later on in the game. So I'm not sweating it, but then I think about Coach Eskew. And I think about, you know, if I miss it, he probably will bench me and put in the worst player in the world just to prove a point to me because I know he's got character. That's beside his iron fist. You'll have another chance. There'll be somebody else trying to run against you. And you can catch them, tackle them, throw them to the ground when they're of the enemy. By grace, the grace of God always gives you another opportunity. He's not done with us. Not yet. There's still another opportunity. There's still another time coming your way. There's still another trial coming your way. There's still another suffering coming your way. All suffering is not physical. It can be emotional. Okay? You know, if, if you've ever had anything to do with an addiction, more than likely you've had an emotional situation to have to work through if you know somebody had an addiction. It's like, <laughs> you know? And so the grace of God, though, is there. The grace of God is there. And some deliverances happen like that, and that's it. Praise God for it. But there's still a little walkthrough after it. I know. From the 1980s. <laughs> I praise God for grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's do uh, verse 6. Just, you see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, B.C., we're powerless. There's no grace on us because we haven't received the grace of God through faith. Now, there may be some mercy on us to keep us, have our head halfway glued on sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Well, three of you do. I remember a car wreck a couple of times before salvation for a definite issue I had in my life. That wasn't because I had any power in my life. It's because God gave, had a lot of mercy on me. At the right time, when you were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. I remember Brother Hagin preaching one time, and he said something like, he says, Christ died for you. You qualify. You're the ungodly. <laughs> Hey, he was older and get away with that, so I am now, so I anyway. Get... Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still S-I-N-N-E-R-S, I believe that word spells sinners. Christ died for us. Folks, if you're not saved, or if you're backslid from God, today's your day of salvation. Today's your day of changing. And I want to just want to say this, that God died for you before you were cleaned up. Well, you don't know what I did. 
You don't know what Jesus did. You're dirty. He cleans up. Go to him to get cleaned up. You can't do it yourself. You can't help yourself. You need God's grace on your life to be able to make a change. Praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Verse 9. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies... We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Too many times we're talking about sin and not sinning. We need to be talking about life and death. God, in Jesus, Jesus who is God, always has been, was around from before things started, It always will be. Jesus died for us so that we can live by him. Verse 10, for if we, while we were enemies, God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life, through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to be loving everybody. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to be forgiving everybody. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to be loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and everything was in you. And if you do that, guess what? Those other things come naturally. You don't have to strain. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to beat your head against the wall. You don't have to put a bunch of money in the offering bucket. You don't have to do any of that stuff. Just let Jesus be Jesus in you. Yeah. See, that's where we miss it sometimes. We get so hung up, and I've got to do this, I've got to do That's a guide, and God's the only one through Jesus Christ that can help you get to that. So if you need that, you need to get rid of it, and guess what? God will lift you up. God will carry you. God will take charge in your life. All you need to do is allow him. Just like John the Baptist said, I must decrease, he must increase. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians 1.15. The Son is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. For in Him all things were created. See, it, the, the Bible uses that firstborn to mean the, the, the first um, example of a child to a father. Doesn't mean he, he was born. He was born physically as a man, but never gave up his Godhead, never changed that. He was in, in a, encapsulated, if you would, in a body so that he could come to earth and be the last Adam. That's how much God loves us. That's how much he cares about us. That's so much about how much he did for us. Because the next verse says, For in him 
All things were created. How many things? Things in heaven mm -mm. and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself some things. To reconcile in himself some things. Oh, A-L-L -L spells all, doesn't it? To bring back everything together. From heaven to the garden to chaos. Now he's working to bring it all back together. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in him everything might have the supremacy for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Doesn't need to read that one again, those two verses. Make you a note. And through him to reconcile to him all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Without the cross, there's no Christianity. Oh, I'm a lot more emphatic than you are. Without the cross, there ain't no Christianity. The cross is everything. And when I say the cross, I'm including the resurrection. It's part of the deal, package, or whatever you want to call it. His blood shed at Calvary, bought, purchased, paid for our freedom. His blood at Calvary bought, paid for, purchased our eternal life. His blood at Calvary took care of everything that we could never take care of. His healing, by His stripes we were healed. His blood poured to the ground. I remember a song a guy wrote back in the 80s. Where did the blood flow? Every time he came to church, he played it just for me. He didn't have any choice. Where did the blood flow? It was a blood offering poured into the ground. And it flowed for you and for me. Every drop is more powerful than anything we can imagine because this is the son of the living God. This is perfection. This is Yahweh on the wood. And so many times, people try to change the cross. One religion says that he didn't die on a cross. Somebody else did. Some progressive Christians say the cross was an example that Jesus showed us to have compassionate for the down and out. That's bull stuff. 
The cross is Christianity. The cross is reconciliation. The cross is restoration. The cross is God's grace. The cross is God's love. The cross is justice. The cross, the cross, the cross. How can we not major on the cross? God took upon him flesh, became a servant, showed us how, what, when, what, all these kind of things to do, showed us examples of his miraculous power, healed many people, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, made the lame to walk, says do the same thing, preach this gospel to all nations, make disciples of all nations. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ has purchased the ability for us to be able to do that. And everything that's necessary to wrap up with speaking the gospel to the world, whether that's your next door neighbor, somebody in your house, somebody across the street, or somebody in Pakistan, like we had the privilege of doing yesterday over the internet. Those things always are planned by God, expected by God. And blessed by God. I I do think it's kind of cool. He says that he's reconciling all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven. You know, Hebrews talks about the blood of Jesus cleansed heaven. Because see, the devil was in heaven at one time. And so sin happened in heaven. And sin had to be cleansed too. And Jesus' blood did that. I don't want to go into that. That's just something that I think we need to understand, though, his blood cleansed heaven. And as a result, he's already put things back together in heaven. For us, he's even going to bring it back to earth. The second earth, second heaven, I mean. Praise God. Verse 21. Once you were alienated from God. Boy, that's saying it lightly were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. What's evil? Uh, Stealing that postage stamp. Picking that uh, nickel out of your spouse's purse or pocket or whatever. Um, Using God's name in vain. Having other idols before you. Okay, we got four or five days we have to go on the list, but we'll just run home now for time's sake. That evil is anything that's not like God. That's it. And the only way you know evil is because you know God. An atheist may be a good person to people in the world, but the only reason they call other people is evils is because there is a God who's set the standard. And they know anything less than that standard is evil. So even atheists have to have God to have any beliefs. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. How about you? We ought to do that sometime. Where am I now? Okay. Uh, Verse 21, uh, verse 22. But now he's reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. Without blemish and... Free from accusation, the accuser of the brethren will be under your feet. And right now, legally, he's under your feet. 
So don't let him accuse you. That's the reason that you have asked God to forgive you. And if somebody involved in it hasn't forgiven you, guess what? He's not your heaven or hell judge. <laughs> Amen. He's just got a big mouth. That'd take care of the bully in school, wouldn't it? If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out by the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Everybody already knows this gospel. They just don't quite understand it. They haven't connected with it. They are. It was put in them innately. I heard some people the other day that weren't even Christians talking about that we have this in our life, this, this thing every human has this. This. And he went on to say some things. And he wasn't speaking, he wasn't preaching anything. He was just sharing. Yeah, it's already in us. We know that there's right and wrong. You can go into any hidden uh, group or civilization in long lost New Guinea or Brazil or any of those places and find out people, they do know what's right and wrong. They didn't hear that from this great preaching that you're getting today. It's okay to smile and laugh a little bit. <laughs> okay, restoration. Brad and I were talking about this the other day, and uh, he brought up something I thought was pretty cool. And then uh, as he had challenged me, I challenged him, so we're always going back and forth like that, you know. And... Uh, he said, well, restoration is actually better than the old. It's, it's just set back better to put back in a better condition. So I thought, well, I'm going to look this up a little bit. And um, I looked in the many facets of the Greek translation, and most of them include either perfection or completeness, completion. And then I thought, okay, let's see about maybe we can put all this in one package. And I believe that most of us think that restoration is us getting right with God. And that's part of it. But I like what the Holy Spirit actually led me to say last week, and I said it again this morning already, restoration's back to the garden. It's back before all this junk happened. It's way back. All we're doing is looking back, well, you know, I was a jerk when I was 15 or 16 or 29 or something, and I want to get all that straightened out. We're talking about way back, folks. We're talking about Eden. We're talking about having the walk with the, with the Lord in the cool of the morning. We're talking about super, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up with Jesus. We're talking about the things that really matter, that we have Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. Oh my goodness, grab this stuff that we're in him and he's in us. The Holy Spirit's in me and I'm in him and the Father's in me and I'm in him because he's promised me that and he's done that in me and there has been a change and I'm working towards that complete restoration because I want to get more of it. I want to go back to Eden. I want to know what Adam knew. This isn't some strange, weird doctrine. It's just a challenge to your thinking. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good watermelon, isn't it? 
We want to challenge each other. What, what do you have? How deep can you go? How big is your shovel? Let's get a front end loader with a... God wants to visit me in the cool of the morning. God wants to speak and whisper. He, Jesus wants me to put my ear on his breast to hear his heartbeat. He wants me to hear, put my ear next to his breath to hear his whisper. God is so madly in love with us. He wants the very best no compromise. No compromise. I love it. Keith Green used to say that. No compromise. Folks, I'm so tired of religion and so tired of people bickering over the little things. We've all been there. I just want to fall in love with Jesus like Fred Price sang back in the 80s over and over again. Over and over again. He's my substance. He's my life. I am borrowing his air with every breath. I love Jesus. And I know you do too. You wouldn't be in this. It's run people out. Some of this stuff. It's just going to. I'm not trying to run anybody out, I'm trying to help you. Make adjustments so that you know how to stand in times of adversity with joy, with peace. And that when you walk out of here, you'll float out of here. <sighs> glory, glory, glory. We're getting ready, and I told you it's going to be a little different service. We're getting ready to watch a five, six minute video. Uh, Darren Mulligan is the lead singer for a group called Messengers. Messengers. He's from Ireland, so he speaks a little Irish. But I want you to hear this clip, and then we'll pick up from there with some other things that we'll be saying. Okay? Let's see it. It's the kind of God he is. It's somebody may be thinking right now, well, you know, much... To whom much is forgiven, much is loved. And we think, well, I didn't, I really wasn't all that bad of a person. No, you just don't know your sins. You don't know how many postage stamps you took, how many nickels you stole, how many lies you've told. Yeah, see, it's, it, I don't have to murder 15 people to be evil, <laughs> have evil behavior. <sighs> He's holy, and He declares us as holy. Grasp that. He's not going to give up on you, no matter what. And you say, well, you know, I've got a pretty good walk with the Lord. Well, come on up another step. Let's go to Eden. Okay? Let's go to Eden. There's something here for everybody. And that's what's important is that we know that there's a continual opportunity to climb by grace, not of works. By grace, not of works. By God's grace. Bow with me, if you would. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every person here. I thank you, Lord, they have ears to hear. They have eyes to see. They have a heart to understand. And I thank you, Lord God, that you, Holy Spirit, will 
teach and talk to and show each person here today, each person through video, the kind of God you are and how you reach out and grab and take hold and bring us to yourself. Regardless, you don't give up. You don't run away. We've run away, but you've never run away. You're always there. You're always with us. You're always for us. In the name of Jesus. And I just challenge you right now, if there's anything in your life that you need to discuss with the Lord, just take this opportunity. Just between you and Jesus. Between you and Jesus. This is freedom. This is letting go of the past, of your own life, and the lives of others, and all those things. You see, when he shared what he did, he realized the prisoner he set free was himself when he told his wife all that stuff. I'm sure that wasn't easy. But he was obedient, and he did it. Holy Spirit speaking different things to different people right now. Grab what he has for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's the kind of God you are. We thank you and praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, please be seated. We're going to see another real short video. Same guy after all these things have happened. The one that did the song. <laughs> praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Father, I pray that every one of your words, every one of your thoughts that's been sown here this morning, that you multiply them 30, 60, 100 fold in each person, each, each heart that's prepared and ready to receive. God, I thank you that they have got that. And now that they will be multiplying that as, as you water that continually, Father. In the name of Jesus, and we seal the word so that the enemy cannot come and do what he wants to do. Accuser, you're under the feet of Jesus, which means you're under our feet. In the name of the Lord Jesus, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, let's give the Lord a victory shout, praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Have a great week. We will see you next time, glory to God. <laughs>